before we even kick off the podcast, I just want to remind everyone to go like, subscribe, and keep up with these weekly episodes. If you like what you hear, spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts. Hi, I'm Coach Tony Schiffman, and welcome to the Hog Football Podcast, where we talk all things football and all things offensive line. I have got Coach Mike Famigletti with me today. Coach Famigletti is currently the offensive coordinator at Kansas Wesleyan. He's got a long list of, of coaching experiences, said, uh, spending time as a coach of all, um, at all levels of football. Uh, was a four-year college football player at Western Michigan and Western Illinois and began coaching at North Dakota with stops at Wisconsin Lutheran, Northern State, and currently the offensive coordinator at Kansas Wesleyan. Coach Fam, what's going on, man? How's everything going, Coach Schiffman? I'm excited to be on. I've been a huge fan of the hog football uh, chat for a long time and, you know, glad it's now in podcast form. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to have you, man. It's been it's going to be nice talking with you. Um, so first question I've got for you, and you and I just sort of talked a bit off uh, before I started recording about some of our experiences together, but uh, you've been a part of some really good programs. Talk to me about how the offensive line uh, played a part in the success of those those schools, those teams. Well, I mean, the offensive line is really the whole base of everything in football. I still feel, um, and in my career has really reaffirmed it of, the more you can dominate on that position group and dominate the line of scrimmage, the better your program is going to be. So, I mean, coming from Muskego High School, which has now been the most dominant program in Wisconsin, the offensive line and in the wing T system is just so valuable. And we just have been completely dominating uh, teams there and then in college at uh, Western Michigan Western Illinois I felt our personnel really let us compete with some you know bigger name teams like Michigan State Notre Dame and my senior year when we uh, were competing against the University of Minnesota and then in coaching it the better our personnel has been at O-line the better coached I feel we've been at the offensive line has really kept us in some great games and enabled our run game and being right. involved with running backs and special teams I'm a huge fan of that. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody's a big fan. There, there, there are some guys that like to throw that rock around a little bit, but even they'll probably tell you they like to run the ball just to keep defenses honest. So it's uh, everybody likes that that part of the game for sure. Um, you know, talk to me. You're you're making the transition from uh, a position coach to to a full time offensive coordinator. Um, talk to me about how that transition's been um, and how you you're sort of handling things with with everything that's going on right now with, with the, the pandemic and, and um, obviously not a lot of contact going on. Right. So, I mean, the pandemic, you know, that's affected everybody, um, no matter where they are, no matter what level of football. Um, but especially at a time of transition, it kind of uh, takes away some of that needed in-person time. So I was lucky to have gotten here in January and our staff is one that we're really focused on how we're doing things, not just what we're doing. Um, so having Coach Myers Henriksen help me with this transition, uh, Coach Matt Myers, and our whole staff um, has really given me, I feel, a great advantage. Um, and that time that I got to spend with our guys mm -hmm. um, to develop those relationships was number one. So that way when I'm calling somebody and during the pandemic to check up on them, it's not the first time they ever heard my voice or right. they hear Coach Pham and they're like, who is that? Um, <laughs> and then as far as the transition to being a coordinator, I feel a lot of it is, you know, observing what the coaches have been teaching us our whole lives have um, really been bringing together as far as being organized, showing how we can care about another person, but 
the best thing about being a coordinator is you get to affect everybody on one side of the ball or even in a whole team. Um, you get to help out the young guys on the defensive side of the ball who are scout players, mm-hmm. um, get to have a good involvement in teaching other coaches is one of the other parts I feel is a nice challenge and a, a nice refreshing pace and something, you know, you can still keep learning, I can still keep developing. And it's been a real exciting transition overall. Right. I think, and I think that's an awesome point too, that you're going to still keep learning. You know, you're, you're not going to just assume that you're, because you are, you know, taking on that role of an offensive coordinator that your learning is done and that, or that you're, you don't want to find out other ways to do certain things. And I think that's something that a, a lot of coaches sort of get that complacency and mm-hmm. think, oh, well, I'm going to do it this way and that's the only way we'll do it. Where, you know, you're, you're, you're essentially the next step down from the head coach right now and you're saying, well, I still have more to learn. I still have more I want to, I want to figure out and I think that's that's awesome that's something that more coaches should really try to try to do right and I I thank you for that I mean that's you know that's a big part of it is you know especially coming to a program that has had success like a Kansas Wesleyan Mm -hmm. not completely taking and selling the barn but you know learn how we've done things here and adjusting my style a little bit and still being me but being the best me for Kansas Wesleyan and helping out the program there and being a new and better version of me too. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, you know, the other thing I really wanted to talk to you about was that, that kind of caught my eye was, um, and this is something that's very interesting and something that's very unique is that you guys at Kansas Wesleyan are starting a women's flag football program. Um, talk to me about that. Talk to me about how, how you got involved and talk to me a little bit about how this whole process sort of started from the ground up. So the whole process really started. Um, I want to have to give a great shout out to our athletic director, Steve Wilson. He's a huge proponent of improving the student athlete experience. Um, and that's by getting more student athletes opportunities, um, no matter the sport. And I feel in a great way, this is going to help our football program. Um, you know, getting to develop those friendships with women, getting to see women in a leadership role, getting to, you know, become fans and having more people involved in the game of football than, would have traditionally been in the past. So uh, this opportunity came to me, uh, Steve Wilson approached me um, because I've had experience, you know, marketing programs, being at a few different stops, uh, recruiting at a national level um, all over where while we are in Kansas, the game of women's flag football is kind of focused in uh, the deep Southeast of Florida, Georgia, um, ties in Texas, Nevada, Arizona, California. Um, But we have a great uh, level of athlete here in Kansas where this is a incredible opportunity. Um, so the NFL's behind it, helping grow the game. Um, and just the opportunity here for getting more people involved in the game of football was something I had to jump at. And everybody dreams about becoming a head coach and always hearing about um, starting your own program. So I get to leave our mark in a selfish way, but in an unselfish way, it's a great way to keep developing student athletes, no matter their background and helping our guy, current team and developing a new team and another way to keep developing a coach because we're looking at a hiring an assistant for it. Mm-hmm. What, what is your guys sort of, you know, obviously you guys won't play games till 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, you know, what's your plan for a schedule? What's your plan for, is there going to be a conference, you know, travel, things of those nature? Like what, what, what's sort of the next step, I guess, in, in this, um, in this program? So as far as with the women's flag program, um, 
we were right at the beginning of it. So there's still a few teams who in schools who kind of just uh, learned about the idea through us announcing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking at getting a few more teams in the Midwest where we'll have a conference affiliation with them, um, you know, for games this next spring. Uh, but right now it's in the recruiting, the roster build uh, between some of our current female student athletes, um, between some of our men's football players wanting to help out as far as become coaches. Um, and then as far as recruiting from all over the country to bring in the best athletes we can, because in a unique situation, you know, this is the one time where the small schools really have the highest level of competition available at the sport. Right. Um, so next spring, we're looking at like a 10 to 12 game schedule. Um, and right now it's looking, there'll probably be about 25 programs na- nationwide come next spring. Um, and it's going to be an awesome time to get everything ground going. And um, I feel having a strong football culture is really going to help our program. So in the fall, our women's flag players will be connected with our men's program, um, whether it's on a sideline, whether it's observing practice, whether it's, you know, getting workouts, the same workouts our guys have, um, but just even more ways to help out both both sides of the game. That's awesome. That's, that's, that, you know, that's, it's cool that you're going to have that sort of multi program involvement and, and have, um, you know, have, you know, guys helping the, 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 the men helping the women and the women helping the men out. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty, um, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty groundbreaking. You know, I think it's kind of, it's, it's, it's in this generation, I think it's something that was probably going to happen sooner than later. And, and for you guys to be involved with it and for you, as a coach to be involved with, I think it's, it's, um, it's really cool. And it's going to be really, uh, it's going to be something that's going to be very interesting for you to talk about as the years go on through your, your coaching, coaching career and your coaching ranks for sure. Oh, I definitely agree with you there. It's uh, been an interesting month so far of it, but um, you know, the recruiting has been a lot of fun and it's been, it's been a whirlwind just learning about the game. I mean, people, people typically picture it as like, you know, um, seven on seven, elite 11 type stuff. Right. Um, but it's really the defensive side of it is as or more valuable than the offensive side ever is. Cause there is a, a live rush right away. Yeah. Are you, are you sorry to focus so much on this, but I just think it's, it's fascinating. Um, are you guys going to be required to wear the helmet, the, the pad, the soft padded helmets or anything, or has that been discussed or, or what are you guys doing along those lines? Um, we are not looking at doing that as far as required rule. I know there's still um, – we're going to be following the NIRSA rules. Okay. Um, the NEIA is still going to be looking at our um, unique way to play the game, but I think we're going to be following the template that a lot of the high schools have played to make it a more uh, familiar game so that way there's not the complete difference between the two. Right. Okay. Very cool. Very interesting. Well, I will definitely um... – I will definitely be following along just to kind of see the success you guys have and sort of who else is, is coming out of the woodworks doing these programs. Cause I think it's going to be like, like you said, there's 20 to 25 schools already. I think there's going to be a lot more before this is all said and done. So very, very interesting. Very cool. Um, I, I definitely you, agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, last question I've got for you. Um, and, and this is the, the tough one. Um, if you could put together a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, um, from guys that you've coached or guys you've played with or guys you were just a fan of maybe growing up, who would be on that five-man offensive line? Ooh, a whole five-man offensive line. Yes, sir. Uh, well, growing up Southeast Wisconsin, I feel you have to start with possibly the best 
offensive lineman of all time, uh, at least maybe in my opinion, Joe Thomas. Okay. Um, I mean, the guy was – he was a stable man at the position, um, was as athletic as anyone who's ever played it, um, committed to the game. And, I mean, shoot, his commitment to the game went through a team that didn't have much success, but he was a stable leader for them, um, really helped them out, and has just overall been a phenomenal asset to them. Um, probably at left guard, I mean, this is going to be an interesting take, but I'm going to take Matt Zeitler. Um, he's now uh, an assistant at Wisconsin Lutheran College, but when he was uh, one of our players at Wisconsin Lutheran, he was kind of our main focus every time as far as an offensive lineman. We kind of really had to revolve around, you know, him being the guy who was going to pull on power. He had the same type of build as his older brother, Kevin, mm -hmm. in the NFL, uh, maybe a couple extra inches off him, but he was a tough bear cat, played his butt off. Um, and it was a strong physical specimen at the D3 level. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, he's, that, that's the second mention of him on here. So that's not the no. first time he's been mentioned. I had um, um, uh, drawn a blank now on uh, uh, Coach Flagel from, from Wisconsin Lutheran on, um, nice. and he mentioned him as well. So, Yeah. Coach Flagel went up against him on practice. So I'm sure <laughs> I got to be an observer and have my running backs run behind him. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and then uh, center. You know, we had a few really good centers at University of North Dakota, but a guy who I played with and was always a great center was Andrew Rubisky. Um, he was a phenomenal center I played with in college at Western Illinois, and he was just a great leader, great guy. He was a guy that you know could joke around, but as soon as he went into a game, he was lights out. Um, his mind was just right, focused, always in attack mode mm -hmm. as far as everything there. Um, and I'm trying to always think, you know, uh, I'd probably say at guard, hmm, who is another guy I've coached just thinking through it all. I guess a guy who I was always a very big fan of the way he's played was at uh, Northern State. We had a young man, Seth Braun. Now, Seth Braun, not the most experienced lineman, um, was from the state of North Dakota, um, was actually a defensive lineman about four games into our first year at uh, Northern State, mm -hmm. and we just had some injuries. The most fluke things happened to some of our offensive linemen. And this young man made the transition, became our starting uh, guard, um, is probably about halfway through that year, and was a defensive lineman all throughout camp, all throughout the summer, and just came in, was a Bearcat, had that mentality where he's going to dominate. And I feel that's something I keep going back to is guys with that right mentality to just absolutely dominate right um and then you know we we had a great offensive lineman here eli uh smith just finished up but unfortunately i didn't get the chance to really coach him or uh be with him all that much um but you know we, we had a just a great stable of guys at the university of north dakota and you know uh, I, I probably have to say a few of them just really just you know stood out and just were all very much uh, that same plane, but you right. know, another guy going back to, um, uh, I'd probably have to say at Western Illinois was Jimmy Holschlag. Oh uh, yeah. Jimmy Holschlag was just an absolute animal. Honestly, he wore so many braces. He looked like Tony Stark in the Iron Man suit. Um, and now honestly, if you see him, he's a vet, he's probably about 200 pounds and you would never have guessed this human being played offensive line back in the day, but he right. was tough, was a great friend of mine. Um, we had a lot of fun times together in college, but I mean, the guy was always right next to me on a field goal and was just the toughest human being that 
I really saw play the game of football and never really complained, but man, that walk he'd have back to locker room must've taken about an hour and a half from the handshakes <laughs> and how slow he walked after a full game. Right. That's kind of, that's awesome. That's kind of, um, those are those are some of the things I remember uh, as a player was how much we turned it on during the games and then kind of the switch we would have where I mean even 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 now as a coach I, I can I can tell you I can I can feel my adrenaline turn off you know about 30 to 45 minutes after the game is over and it kind of you know it's you start to, you do, you start to slow down and things kind of, everything starts to get sore and your head starts to hurt and you, your, your voice starts to go. So it's, it, I can remember those days as a player too, but that's, that was always after a win that, that was, it didn't matter how long that walk took. It was always a fun walk. Yeah, those were a lot of fun. And yeah, you're, you're telling me those like early in the season games where it's a noon kickoff and about 75, 80 degrees. Yeah. We just sapped after that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No doubt. No doubt. Well, coach, um, I'm going to get you out of here. Do me a favor before we go and drop your Twitter handle and, and uh, any other information you want these guys to know. Of course. So my Twitter handle is fam KWU. Um, just like a lot of our staff, uh, keep it easy with fam. A lot of mics out there. Fam is not the most easy one to roll off the tongue. And I'll also give a shout out to our flag program. Uh, it's KWU flag FB. Um, if you want to give that a follow, I'll give them a shout-out and give our program a shout-out. Um, but, yeah, I really appreciate your time, Coach, and, you know, definitely a big fan of the mentality you, you guys bring and uh, love contributing to hog football. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man, and thank you for the kind words. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully we get back to normal here, and best of luck this season, and, and uh, looking forward to, to talking with you and keeping up with you guys' success. Absolutely. Looking All forward right. to it. And Thanks, Coach. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe, and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.